This morning we are finishing up in the scriptures, Galatians chapter 5, and our series on the freedom that we have in Christ. In a single sentence, Galatians 5 is about we have been set free by Jesus to live free for Jesus. So our freedom in Christ is far more than out of hell and into heaven. Our freedom in Christ is for a living freedom here and now. Freedom from the fear of death and the sting of death because Christ has taken it upon himself. Freedom from seeking to obtain righteousness by the keeping of the law and the doing of good works because you and I will never be good enough and so our righteousness will never be obtained that way. And freedom... From our slavery to sin. So we have been set free to do what? Live free. Which means, of course, to do whatever we want. No, that's exactly right. Thank you. It's not about doing whatever we want. In one word, we've been set free to... What's the one word that sums it all up? You're going to be surprised when you uh, see it and go, how did I not realize the answer to that? We've been set free to, one word sums it all up, to love, right? That's what the scripture says. It's the, all the commandments wrapped up in what? Love God, love your neighbor. To live free for Jesus is to love. But very specifically, don't get lost in an ooey-gooey idea of love. Love as we have been loved by Jesus. That's what real freedom in Christ is to love as we have been loved. Because he is the one who set us free. You recognize what Galatians 5 has said is there's nothing you and I can do that will earn salvation. It can't be earned. It's not something that we can do. It's something that has been done for us. So we are set free to live free by loving as we have been loved. It can't be earned. It can only be received. It's a gift of grace. Nevertheless, that doesn't change the fact that though salvation is a gift received, not earned, it is evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit. And so last week, we looked at Galatians 5, and Galatians 5, 19 through 21, said very clearly that if a person's life is marked, the consistent lifestyle and practice is reflective of the deeds of the flesh, his warning was, you're not saved. It was so clear, in fact, that it caused not, con- not confusion, but concern, like, Whoa, does that mean I'm not saved? Or, or maybe you thought about your mom, your dad, a sibling, and thought, I, I don't know what to do with what Galatians 5 says and this person. But don't be confused, very clear. He says, don't miss this, he says, the saved are evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, not because our good works and a moral lifestyle obtains righteousness for us, but, watch, if you remember by positioning last week, it evidences our salvation because those who are saved, two realities. They have died with Christ, remember? They have died with Christ for the forgiveness of sin and for the freedom 
from slavery to sin, and they have been raised with Christ so that he now is the owner and the enabler for them to walk in newness of life. So if you've been born again, you are forgiven and freed, and you are owned and enabled so that the fruit of the Spirit will mark your life, not the deeds of the flesh. But inevitably, all of us can acknowledge, either for ourselves or we know somebody, uh, there seems to be genuine faith in Jesus. They admit they're a sinner. They're deserving of the wrath of God. They believe in what Christ has done for them. They've received it as a free gift. And yet, there seems to be some aspects of the deeds of the flesh that still linger on in their life, right? Do you understand that? And so it's like, what do you do with that? And so here's what Galatians 5 finally teaches us. Verse 16. But I say, he says, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Why? For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against what? The flesh. For these are in, keyword here, opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. So there is a very real, for those who have been born again, a daily battle. The scripture says, there's a daily battle for those who have been born again. And that battle is between, what did it say? The flesh and the spirit. <coughs> Critical question. Is this a battle that has been going on in your life for as long as you've been alive? Got a little yes and a lot of no's. No. For one very obvious reason, when you hear it, you're going to go, oh, this battle has not been going on because before you came to Christ, the only thing that was going on in you was the flesh. And what's the flesh do? <laughs> Whatever it pleases. You see, until you came to Christ, you got to live according to the flesh. Whatever you wanted to do. It was only once you were then crucified with Christ that your slavery to sin was broken and so identified with him in death for two words, remember? Forgiven and freed and raised with him, now owned by him and enabled by him to, with the spirit of God in you, not do as you please, but do what pleases God. See, what I want you to understand is this. A person who is unredeemed has no battle. They simply do whatever they want. It is the person who is redeemed who has the battle of the flesh and the spirit going on in them that is the daily fight, if you will, for the believer to walk in newness of life. Now, you may go, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought our slavery to sin has been broken. 
Has it? Yeah, the scripture couldn't be more clear. It says it repeatedly. We are no longer slaves to sin. So I am not suggesting by this daily battle that that is not true in terms of our, our slavery broken. I am, the scripture says it, no longer a slave to my sinful desires. But they continue to demand to be satisfied. So slavery broken, yes. Eradicated, gone, disappeared, no. Still present, still demanding, no longer enslaved. So let me give you an example. And for those who are married, this will be the most clear. What happens is people live for 20, 25, 30, 35 years, whatever, single. And then one day, they decide they're going to walk down a church aisle and meet somebody down there. They're going to repeat after the pastor. He's going to pray for them. And the two are going to become one. They're going to walk out of the church and live happily ever after in oneness bliss. What, you don't believe in marital bliss and oneness? Yeah, you do believe it. You just haven't experienced it. Okay, why not? Very simply, what makes marriage so hard at the beginning is somebody has learned to live as a single so what's a single do? Whatever they want. When? Whenever they want. How long? As long as they want. And now there are two become one, and it's like, what do you mean we don't want to do it? I want to do that, but I want to do that. And oneness doesn't always seem very effective. Are they not married? Yeah, they have been made one, but they have not yet to learn to live as one, because learning to live as one takes a lot of dying. And we struggle because, I mean, who likes to die? Now, I don't want to get into a marriage seminar that I could, real quickly here. The point is an illustration. Do you see the relationship there? That singleness is not sinful, but it's a reflective of the fact that before I'm one with Christ, I get to do whatever I want. And then when I am identified with him in death, what's the two words? Forgiven and free, and I'm one with him in resurrection, I am owned and enabled, that that doesn't immediately become active perfectly in our life. It is something that has to be learned, just like learning to be married requires the dying to being single and the learning to live as one. So it's an illustration for us. So is this true? Do you experience this? I'm no longer a slave, but sin still, my sinful desires still stomp their feet and demand to be satisfied. Yes or no? You, you experience, yeah, you experience that. And it's because we have learned, though our slavery to sin has been broken, 
We've learned to live according to that. And so we often, even though it's no longer present, it's still active in our lives. So the battle is very real. How do we learn to walk in newness of life? What did it say, verse 16? I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So what is the key to walking in newness of life? Learning to walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5 goes on. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit... That is, we have been born again and the Spirit now lives in us and we are living by Him. What should we do? (laughs) Walk by the Spirit. I don't know how, but for years, I always thought the fruit of the Spirit tucked in here that the command of Galatians 5 was to do more of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not. What's the command? Walk by the Spirit. So... I will not carry out the desires, that battle raging in me, the spirit will win and the flesh will be defeated when I learn to walk in the spirit. So let's talk about walking in the spirit. Years ago when I taught us through Galatians verse by verse, we coined this phrase that Galatians is really the Reader's Digest version of Romans. It's the, it's the quick read to the longer read of Romans. And so therefore, when Paul says in Galatians 5, walk by the Spirit, you can go to Romans and see in far greater detail what he simply states as a fact in Galatians 5. So I want you to turn from Galatians 5 to Romans chapter 6, and we'll see Paul write to the Romans there. And what it means, to those who are in Rome, what it means for them to walk in the Spirit. Chapter 6, verse 11, right in the center, he says this. Consider yourselves, verse 11, Romans 6, consider yourselves to be two things, dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Why would you consider yourself that? Because, don't miss this, because it's who you are. Identified with him in death and in resurrection. It's why he said just prior to verse 11, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So, what do we do? We consider ourselves, what did it say, verse 11? Dead to sin, all right? What are the two words that identify that we are dead to sin? We have been forgiven and we have been freed. Freed from what? The slavery to sin. But we're not only dead to sin, we are what else? Alive to God, meaning he now owns me and by his spirit in me enables me. So if you and I are going to, in the daily battle, 
not live according to the desires of the flesh and the deeds of the flesh, therefore, being evident, but walk by the Spirit and therefore the fruit of the Spirit being evidenced in our life, then we must learn to repeatedly remember who we are. Here's here's the challenge to you. You have heard me say repeatedly, not just through this series, but I imagine as long as you've been coming to the chapel, you've been hearing me talk about who we are in Christ. The issue is, do you ever tell yourself that truth during the week? You say it to yourself, not you've heard me say it. In the moment of your selfish desires demanding their way, do you ever in that moment say, no, I am, what? Dead to sin. So what's that make me? Forgiven and freed. See, you hear me say the words. I don't want you to just hear me say the words. I need you to learn to talk to yourself day in and day out. Oh, forget that. Minute in and minute out. What's it mean that you are dead to sin? Forgiven and freed. But you're not only dead to sin. What else are you? Alive to God. Meaning you are owned and enabled. We'll never walk in the Spirit until we consistently remember in the moment of temptation. And don't make this hard. Today, when you want something and your selfish desires desires stomp their feet and pound their fist, that in that moment, you go, I know that's who I used to be, but who am I? Dead to sin, forgiven and freed. And I am alive to God, owned and enabled. Listen, until you learn to think those thoughts in that moment, you won't walk in newness of life. It is very, very specific that the text says that we are to consider ourselves. That is an accounting term. It's we count ourselves. We check our spiritual balance, if you will. Any of you do mobile banking? It's really quite fascinating. You can, especially now, I can take my thumb and hold it on my phone and it will log me in. Hopefully if, Matt, you try and put your thumb on here, it won't log you into my Bank of America account. It's, it's connected to my fingerprint, my identity. And I can pull up my balances and look at something and go, hmm, either I better not buy that or I should transfer some money. Because it tells me my exact financial state at that moment. All Paul's saying here is every day, moment in, moment out, in, the, in that time of temptation, You need to, your identity, remind yourself, who am I? 
I am dead to sin. What's the two words? Forgiven and free. And I am alive to God. Owned and enabled. If you don't tell yourself in that moment, you'll do whatever you want. It's counting yourselves, considering yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the first step. Remember repeatedly who you are. But it goes on, verse 12. Therefore, in other words, because that's true, because you are dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, do not. In other words, there is a negative because of who you are. Here's what you do not do. You do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. Why not? Because you are dead to sin. I am forgiven and freed. And I don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. So, when I walk by the Spirit, I remember who I am. And then secondly, I repeatedly, keyword here, deny my sinful desires a body to express themselves. And I'll explain more in a moment. I deny my sinful desires a body. I don't present my body to it, to my desires to express themselves. Why? Because I am dead to sin. I am forgiven and I am freed. And I am also alive to God, owned and enabled. So what else do I do? How, what's the rest of verse 13 say? But present yourself to God as those alive from the dead. So I remember who I am in the moment of temptation. And because I remember who I am, I deny my desires a body to express themselves and I present the members of my body as instruments of righteousness to God. So I remember and I deny and then I repeatedly present your body as instruments through which he would live his life. Now, I don't mean for this to be so complicated, very, very, very practical. So I need Frank Pierce and Matt Del Rocco. Would you come up here right now, please? They don't know what's about to happen, this is, but I want to visualize this for you. So Frank comes up and Matt comes up. Let's review. We walk in the Spirit by remembering. Remembering what? You've seen people walk me here, right over here. What do we remember? <laughs> remember who we are. And then we deny what? Our desires a body to express themselves. And we present then our body as instruments to God. So, Frank, if you would, step right over here. And Matt, if you would, step right over here. Now, right here. What does the scripture say my body is?
It's simply an instrument, right? Like this is an instrument. Matt, if I present this instrument to you, can you play it? I can, yes. Yes, he can. And he can actually play it well if you were watching yourself. Frank, I don't know about this, but if I present this instrument to you, can you play it? I know three chords. He can't. <laughs> I didn't know whether he could or not. But so an instrument, my point is this. An instrument is really only dependent upon who you present it to, right? If, if you present an instrument to someone who is able, then he will play ably. If you present someone who doesn't know how to play, then it won't sound the way it's intended to sound. And, it, and what's our body? What's it say? It says our body is simply an instrument. So if you would, Matt, place that back there. Now, here's what I want you to see. Inside of you, if you're born again, and inside of me, there are two realities. Inside of me and you, if you're born again, well, inside of you, all of us is the flesh. And what's the flesh do? Flesh do? Please self. Now, in a moment, Frank, I'll tell you why I made you the flesh. Not, nothing personal. I'll just tell you why in, in a moment. You can step th this way a little bit. There you go. But when I am born again, what is else true about inside of me? Okay, he pours his spirit, there you go, and the spirit of God, this Galatians says, please self. Like I said, please God. <laughs> Thank you. So flesh, this was always true of me. This was only true of me. Once I've been born again. So Matt, are you younger than me? I am, yes. You said that with great confidence. Yes, <laughs> it's the truth. He's younger than me, and I picked him because I lived before he lived in me. You see that? I'm a new person in Christ. Now, why did I make Frank the flesh? Because what's the scripture call, Frank? No offense, but you are the old man, according to Scripture. Yeah. <laughs> he knows it. So no offense. I love Frank. But it, the Scripture says the flesh is, to the believer, is the old man. Inside of you, inside of me, is the old man and the Spirit of God. Frank once has desired to only please me. Matt, the Spirit of God, to please God. What do they need? They need a body. Right? So, excuse me here, Spirit. Here's reflective of my body. Wrong side for the part, but right stature. So, this is, this is my body right here. For the first 10 years of my life, what did I do? You can take it. I presented my body to the flesh, and the flesh used my body as an instrument to do whatever I wanted. And in fact, not only did I present my body, I was enslaved to this. 
But when I was born again, that slavery was broken and the Spirit of God came to live within me. To walk in the Spirit now recognizes. When Frank, the old man, says to me, do your own thing, Doug. Do what pleases you. What's the first thing as a child of God I do? I remember who I am. I am forgiven and freed. And I am alive to God. I am owned and enabled. Because that's true, what do I do? I deny my selfish desires a body to express themselves and I present my body to the Spirit of God so that the Spirit of God has a body to express himself. And so, let me paint it for you. As a young child, I had a horrible, what you and I would call temper. What Galatians 5 says is outburst of anger. So Saturday afternoon, football's on, I'm watching TV, my sister walks in, Flips the channel, because we didn't have a remote. She flips the channel, and what do I do? I flip out. My selfish desires demand my way, but my selfish desires need a, a body. Specifically what? They need a mouth, and they need arms and hands to push and punch and arms, legs, (laughs) and feet to stomp and kick. And that's what I did. And then I was born again. And I go to do that, and then what do I do? Oh, I am dead to sin. I am forgiven and freed, and I'm alive to God. I am owned and enabled, so I deny the selfish desires, the flesh, a body to express themselves. I present myself to God, and because He is love, and He is joy, and He is peace, and He is patience, and He is kindness, and He is goodness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control, when He has my body, what comes out of me? Him, the fruit of the Spirit. See, the, the desire of the flesh cannot express itself without a body, an instrument. And the f- Spirit of God is looking for a body to express itself. Do you see? It's simply a matter. Watch. You make it yours right now. Who do you give your body to? Not once and done. It doesn't work that way. Who do you, day in, day out, moment in, moment out, who do you give your mouth to? Your selfish desires or the Spirit of God? Who do you give your hands to? Your selfish desires to do your own thing, your own way, or the Spirit of God? So that the fruit, his fruit, would be expressed in your life. This is great for mobile banking.
But the reality is, it's also a phenomenally destructive tool for pornography. Right? Yeah. Well, it, the deeds of the flesh in Galatians 5 said immorality and impurity. And there are, regrettably, so many men who their body has been an instrument to the flesh. They find they're guilty. They give themselves to God to be their Savior. But they don't learn how to overcome impurity and immorality. So if that's your story, what, you must, what must you learn to do? In that moment of temptation, because all of us are tempted. Jesus was tempted. In that moment of temptation, what's the first thing we do? Remember, who am I? Dead to sin, forgiven and freed. And I am alive to God, owned and enabled. Therefore, I deny my lustful desires, a body, a mind, a mouth, hands. And I present that same body to the Spirit of God that dwells in me. And comes forth then the fruit self-control and love, not lust. Now you may go, oh, that's too simple, duck. Hey, complicate it if you want, but you don't need to. Countless times before you and I go to bed tonight, we'll be tempted in one way or another. We'll be tempted to please ourselves. And either we will remember in that moment who we are and deny and present or we won't do the work of remembering and we'll just devour one another, what Galatians 5 says, ourselves and one another destroy our lives, destroy our marriages, destroy our families because we have not practiced walking in the spirit of remembering, denying, and presenting. Watch. This hold of the old man can be so tight that though slavery... I have to obey is broken. It, it doesn't do it that way. See, Frank's been very kind to me. He's trying to play along. Every time I grab it, he lets it go. That's not what's going to happen with the flesh. For some of you, you have tried and you have not succeeded. When you, <laughs> what do you do in that moment when you try to deny? And the temptation continues. What do you do at that moment? Go back. See, this is not something you hear me say. This is something you tell yourself a jillion times a day. I am dead to sin. Forgiven and freed. Alive to God. Owned and 
enabled. I haven't been able to. I can't. It has ruled my life, but Christ is in me, and I can, and greater is he that is in me than the old man. With no offense to Frank. (laughs) And I simply say, my sinful desires, as strong as they are, as polished as they are, as habitual as they have been, I'm not a slave. And they can't, des- they can't express themselves without a body. So I deny and I present. Don't stop with remembering and denying. Remember, deny, present. All right. You know the sin that easily entangles you, don't you? I'm not going to ask you to stand up and name it. (laughs) You know the sin that easily entangles you. Those sinful desires need a body. And they've been entangling you because you've been continuing to present your body to your desires for their expression. It's a new habit learned to remember. No, no, it's not who I am. The greatest thing you do in the moment of temptation is remember who you are. Because if you will remember who you are, then you'll go, no, 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 no. You're the old man. You're not my master anymore. I deny you a body, and I present this body. My mouth, my hands, my arms, my leg, every part of me. The Spirit of God, so that the Spirit of God, who is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, will be expressed through me. Are you in a battle? Yes. Can you win? Yes. Remember who you are. Because of who you are, deny and present. Bow with me. Father in heaven, I pray that the words that have come out of my mouth would become the habits that would fill our lives that there would be a remembering like has never, ever been true in our lives before. That there would be your children across this city telling themselves thousands of times in the coming week, dead to sin, forgiven and free, alive to God, owned and enabled. There would be a denying of their mouth of their hands for the desires of the flesh for destruction and a presenting that these bodies would be yours in the coming days. And as we are presented to you, you, your righteousness, would fill our homes, our families, this community to the praise of your glory because it would be your fruit 
because it'd be your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I pray that this would be clear to you and you would walk in the Spirit. God bless.